And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, look, you have something that you think is a great idea. You have a product, you have some software, you have a service, you have something. And if you don't figure out how to sell it effectively, quickly, or efficiently, guess what, folks? You're going to have problems. Sales cures ales. We've talked about it quite a bit lately, but I just really can't have a last conversation when it comes to learning how to sell more stuff. So I brought someone in to help me with us today. And I'm going to actually save the name because the name is so related to the title. But before we get into that, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So we're going to talk about sales with Robin Sales. I mean, I, if that that's if you can't have sales in, in your name, I mean, yeah, I feel like you you were born into this. Robin, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. When you were born, did you know that you needed to be in sales? Was that like a family mandate? Uh, well, so I'm married into the name. So ah, okay. I wasn't so born with it but, it, but it was apparently predestined because I married into the name. But uh, yeah, it's always- did that, have uh, a lot to, did, did that have a lot to do with who you chose as a husband? You're like, I want to be in sales and you've got the name. So let's do this, dude. It actually wasn't until about two weeks after that I was like cleaning up from the wedding and I was staring at the certificate and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just felt like so many people out there were probably wondering or maybe they weren't, but now they are. Now, Robin, your your business launching your success. And for those of you listening, scroll down to the show notes and click the the link for launchingyoursuccess.com. Since 2014, you've been working as a brand coach and doing team workshops across the country and helping people launch their, you know, increase their success with their companies, teams, projects, and, and, you know, doing a lot of stuff, everything from private coaching to workshops and all that. But, you know, and that's great. And there's, I got to tell you what, uh, the inability to sell stuff or poor market fit, um, which great sales have a hard time overcoming are a challenge for any early stage business. Before we get into these these conversation points, let's. I'd like to hear a little bit more about your backstory and what brought you here to start a hustle today. Sure, um, I joke all the time that sometimes if you looked at it on paper, my journey <laughs> makes no sense, um, and unless you do what I do. So I started in acting. Um, which will be no surprise to anybody about five minutes into this show. (laughs) I started as an actor and an improv person. Um, We had a weekly improv show where we did, you know, like whose line is it anyways? If you've seen that show, that's what I did every week 
for a long time. We did audience participation theater. And looking back on it now, I could see that like, that's all part of it. I was persuading that audience to, you know, come on the journey with me. But I was an acting student and I was an actor and an improviser until I decided, hey, you know, eating food on a regular basis would be good. Maybe I should do something that makes me money. <laughs> so I spent some time in journalism and that was fun. And then I went into retail and I actually really liked retail. A lot of people talk about retail hell, but I really enjoyed retail. Um, I moved into management, um, started training people. I was being groomed to be a buyer for the store that I was at. And that's when I met my husband <laughs> and would, walked into the destiny of this name. And I realized, you know, I don't want to live at the mall anymore. As much fun as it is to interact with these kids on a daily basis, I just don't want to live here anymore. And so that took me to human resources, um, strangely enough. So human resources in the corporate world. And I was a front desk assistant. If you came in for a job interview, I was the first person you saw. And then my bosses were like, you know, you'd probably be good at doing new heart orientation. Why don't you give that a try? And that was the start of my training and sales career. I started doing new heart orientation and then I became a trainer and I researched that just ferociously. Once I knew that I wanted to train people, um, I did everything I could to learn that upside down, inside out. I spent close to 16 years in corporate learning and development, um, teaching everything from how to run a machine or a software to how to sell, uh, how to mentor other people. Um, then I was a sales manager. I had 42 branches for a bank that I ran the sales for, which is, I joke all the time, being a sales manager is like part data analyst, part coach, and part events director. <laughs> That's what that was. And I learned a lot. I especially learned a lot about coaching in that role. And so all of that carried with me into running the sales and writing sales training for a telecommunications team. And then I decided I just don't want to be in corporate anymore. I want to have a bigger impact. So much of the work that I was doing, and, and if you've worked in the corporate world, it's like everything's behind a firewall. Everything's behind a non-disclosure agreement. I was creating all this cool stuff. We were doing all this cool stuff, and nobody was ever going to see it if they didn't work in the organization that I worked for. And so that was the biggest motivator to start my own company is I wanted to start sharing this stuff with more people other than the people who were in that corporation that I happened to be working for at that time. So it started as a side hustle in 2014 until it got to the point that I was running out of days off and vacation time. <laughs> and I realized it was time to jump ship somewhere around early 2016 is when I jumped ship and um, launching your success turn six this month. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Now, you know, we've titled this episode, You Are Your Brand, but we're sitting here talking about sales. I think we should clarify that for those listening. And and I'd like to take a stab at it, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Um, as a salesperson, you are your own brand. I mean, you might be uh, you might be Mr. X at Company Y, but you're still representing yourself, who is then in turn representing the company. And that, that therefore you are your own brand and it might be uh, underneath the umbrella of something else, but the same things that apply to someone that is in a corporate setting apply to a startup. 
And, you know, I think a lot of people started their business to get away from the corporation or the big company, but look, it's still the same rules. It's still the same playing field. And, you know, these things matter. I've always looked at sales as a, as kind of a binary thing, meaning like, um, you strip away all the bells and whistles and okay. So top business schools, they will teach you about sales and they use the term widget. They'll be like, John sells widgets for the Acme corporation. Now on some levels, 80% of that process and that stuff is very, it's brandable. It's white label at that point. Now you got to figure out how to take things another step, you know, past that. But the basic fundamentals of sales, uh, are, in my opinion, somewhat in the category of laws, you know, like they can't be broken. And then you got to figure out how to put the brand on the rest of that. That starts with yourself. Um, and if you can't represent yourself well, then you will probably not represent a product or a company well. And I think you hit the nail on the head. That's always something I've seen as the fundamental flaw of like, BA programs, <laughs> business administration is what it's called, right? So that you know how to administer a business. They're not, they're teaching you how to run a business. They're not teaching you how to start a business. And they're certainly not really teaching you how to sell. So your example of John sells widgets. No, John's not selling widgets. John's selling himself. John's selling the experience of working with John. Cause guess what? There's 14 other, you know, people in a 10 square, square mile radius who also sell the same kind of widgets, right? So why should I buy from John versus buying from Matt versus buying from Steve? What's the experience that John brings to the table? What insight does he bring? Um, how am I going to feel every time he calls me? You know, am I going to go, oh, yes, it's John from such and such company? Or am I going to roll my eyes and go, oh, I don't want to answer the phone, <laughs> right? That's what we're all selling is that experience, that relationship. And if you can figure that out, the widgets almost become inconsequential. So, and, and you know, here's another thing, uh, you know, we're talking about this at, at first as if it's like a salesperson at your company or at your business. But when you're a startup, you really, you are the brand. Like without a doubt, and you know we're coming up and on you know we're 400 episodes deep into the startup hustle timeline, and one thing that I that I have noticed that is uh, very reliable is when we ask anybody that invests and you say, do you bet on the jockey or the horse, and they always say the jockey because you can have a great idea that's run by well not great founders, and you got an issue. You know, so the thing is, is, is all those investors, all those people, they're investing in you, which makes you the brand. And, you know, that's part of it. I've seen so much of that crossover with what we do at Full Scale. And, you know, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Full Scale and Full Scale owns Startup Hustle, you know, and that's, that's, that has a lot to do with it. And it's, it's my experience and the experience of my co-founder and business partner, Matt Watson, that often are the differentiator at, at our brand. And why? Because there are a lot of people that offer software development services. There are a lot of companies that, and marketplaces where you can go and find the, what appears to be the same thing on the surface. But that's not always the case. Like, you know, like a programmer isn't just a programmer. I mean, there's a, there's a, a lot more to be, you know, 
considered. And then also the system and the way that we go about helping our clients find success. And that's all subcategories of our brand, but our own identity has a lot to do with, with separating our brand and differentiating our brand from, from everyone else's. Now, how do you, do you feel the same way about startup founders and early stage businesses and why, and like what I just said, or do you have a different take on it? Absolutely. I agree. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this where you're, you're working with people who are early in the game and um, they're trying to wear all the hats except the salesman hat. <laughs> I'm not a salesperson. Oh, I didn't get into this for sales. Oh, I don't, I don't want to sell. Right. And one of the examples I give people a lot is um, if you're that resistant to the concept of selling, it's probably because you've had a negative experience related to a particular sales tactic. And so I think if most people, especially startups, could separate the concept of sales and selling from sales tactics, there's a difference between the two. We all sell, but what sales tactic you use can have a huge difference. So when you add personal brand on top of that, when you add the concept of you being your brand on top of that, it allows you to make smart decisions about the kind of sales tactics you want to try to use that are going to work best for you. Because a lot of what we do, especially if they're startups and they're getting all this advice, they're getting mentored, chances are the advice they're getting is, we'll just do it this way. Well, this is how you do it. We'll just follow these steps. We'll just follow this formula. And that formula worked for the person who's telling them that, but it may not work for this particular startup founder, because personality has a huge role to play in how you sell. And if you're trying to deploy the wrong sales tactic, that's when you don't look authentic, you don't look confident, uh, your message doesn't break through, uh, there's interference between you and your audience, uh, people don't trust you, because you're, you're trying to sell in a way that's not built for you. And so I think understanding that there's a difference between sales and sales tactics and understanding who you are and your brand so that you can make smart choices about how you sell and feel comfortable selling in a way that works for you rather than trying to put on somebody else's sales hat and do it like somebody else did. I'm not a salesperson or I'm not into sales are things I hear people say right before they go out of business. Yes. Um, or <laughs> I mean, really it, it is. And, and here's the thing. It's okay. If that's not you, that's fine. You need to find someone that is them. Yes. Um, Cause it, and I run into that a lot. Um, you know, just talking to it's, it's largely software and tech founders and they're very product centric and, you know, they're a product, product, product. And this, well, okay, what about when you guys run out of money? Well, we're going to raise money. Okay, cool. Eventually you have to sell something. And there's no, there's no greater form of capital than revenue. Um, and like I said, at the top of the show, sales cures ales. I mean, that's not, it's, that's not certainly not a saying I invented. I mean, I think it's been around since sales started. Now, uh, you know, when it comes to, look, I've heard people say things like, I'm sales adverse. Okay, it, look, if but if you're in the role of, if, if you're somehow the person that's saying that and it's up to you to sell shit, dude, get out of that chair in a hurry. I mean, and I mean fast. 
because if you believe that you don't want to do something, you can't do something or something that you're trying to do is just like, if you don't have a sense of belief in it, uh, you're not the right person. And, you know, that's like it back to you and your brand. I mean, that's good. That's going to show. And all right. So one of the things is, is, you know, I think salespeople often, it's funny when I talk about salespeople in general, uh, well, most people that call themselves a salesperson, they think they're fucking amazing at sales. And oh, most yeah. of them aren't. Most of them are really bad at it. And uh, I think that, you know, we talk about representing yourself and being your brand, regardless of whether it's you as a salesperson or you're working for someone else. What are some of the, the things that you see salespeople doing that are the worst, either habits, characteristics or traits or habits, <laughs> any of that? Um, here's one of the funniest ones is walking around looking like a salesperson. <laughs> so really understanding how to deploy your brand and your personal style within a sales process um, requires understanding a little bit about how the brain works, how we interpret things. Um, our brains run largely on pattern recognition, right? So if you've ever heard the expression, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it must be a duck, right? The reason that phrase exists is because that's what our brains do, right? I look at something and my brain immediately goes, oh, I have a pattern for that. I can match it to it. That's what this thing must be, right? So if you go walking in, you know, I used to work with door-to-door -door SMB salespeople. And like, if you go walking into that business with your polo shirt, with the logo, holding your clipboard, you know, that business owner's brain is going to be screaming. It looks like a salesperson. It walks like a salesperson. It talks like a salesperson. It must be a salesperson. And therefore, chick, 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 all the defenses go up, right? I've said no to you before you've even opened your mouth. And so pattern break is really important in that and understanding your particular personality and style and how you can break that pattern. So for example, for one of my favorite salespeople, he would do things like he would walk in and he would uh, like sit down in a chair. You know, he wouldn't even introduce himself. He'd walk in, he'd sit down in a chair, he'd stretch out, oh, and he'd look at whoever was at the front desk and go, man, it's hot out there, isn't it? He'd just strike up conversation. He'd do the exact opposite of whatever you expected a traditional salesperson to do. So I think if we, if we frame that in terms of traditional startup, right, you're looking for support, you're looking for partners to join your team, your vision, you're looking for investors to invest in your company and your big idea, they're going to expect you to come at them in a particular way. And your job is to figure out how to break that pattern so they can't throw up their defenses before you've even said word one. You know, we're in a post-Twitter society. If you can't sum it up in 140 characters or less, if you can't, you know, get my attention in nine seconds or less, I've already said no. I've already moved on to the next idea. So helping people understand what those patterns are, how to break them, and what's the best way for them to break them based on their personality. How am I going to capture your attention so that you actually want to listen to me, so that you have questions for me, so that I'm not fighting for your attention? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that you can compare a lot of this to a bank account, 
And if you're coming in and you're trying to make withdrawals before you've made a deposit, you're going to have a hard time. And, you know, you mentioned like the, the guy or gal walking in, it's, you know, they, they got their clipboard or their, you know, something with them. And yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to run from that. Um, one thing that you mentioned that has been a mainstay for me is like, just have a conversation with people. I mean, if, especially if it's an inbound lead, like an inbound lead, that's someone that's already, in, it's like, if you're in a store and someone comes in, it's fair to assume that they may be interested in what you've got there. Um, and you know, that, that approach of like, Hey, what's going on? You know, like, yeah, it's literally how I'll start. Like I still at 45 years old, start a lot of my sales conversations or, you know, I mentioned that deposits and withdrawals, like asking, so, you know, what's the biggest problem at your business right now? You know, what's, what's the, what's, the, what needs a solution at your shop more than anything else? And yeah, and then listen, because that person is going to tell you what needs to be fixed and what the issue is. Now, and Bingo. for regular listen for regular listeners, I'm like a parrot or a broken record when it comes to this next part. I think a lot of salespeople get all focused on features and they never talk about what the benefits of, of those features are. And you know, it's a We've got a simple little acronym, FAB, Features, Advantages, Benefits. You need to, if you mentioned F or A, then B needs to follow. And it's pretty simple. And, you know, you also talk about personality types. Um, there are, if you have extroverted personality types, they just want, what are the benefits? They don't even give a shit about the features and advantages. And if you have a introverted person, then you're going to need to walk down that line. And that's, that's it. And it, uh, you know, then the final thing we're talking about the bad, the bad habits that salespeople have, and this is just, and just, this is just universal is salespeople are just notoriously bad at asking you to buy something. And I mean, just, it's terrible. Like I've actually bought stuff that I didn't even want or didn't need because I was just so shocked that someone actually asked me for the sale. And I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm like literally have stuff that I never thought that I would buy. And I didn't, I was just like, you know what? Wow. And they're like, the salespeople are like a little like, wait, you don't need this. You don't want it. I'm just so happy that someone asked me to freaking buy something today. Like, you know, and, and, yeah. and so then people ask, they're like, well, what do you do? What's your, what's your magic closing line? Uh, let's start with, do you want to get that? Do you want to go ahead and get this? Yeah. So what do you think? You know, like, I mean, it's just simple. And there's a, there's a psychological reason that, that people don't ask for that stuff. And it's because, well, either a, they're, they're a little too timid to do it. And then oftentimes they're, they're, well, they're worried that they're going to offend the, the purchaser. I mean, come on people, get it together. I'm here to you know, buy. Like, like well, Don't. I mean, there's a thing just ask. I mean, did, you know, and, and the, the best sales organizations I've, I've worked in and around, like they even play games with it. Like, I mean, and I've been a party to this and I used to work for Roland. That's the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments. And we were so adamant about, so we were basically sales trainers there. That was half of what my job was as I traveled across hundreds of different dealers and and you know we were so centric on you just got to ask people to buy but we I couldn't get off the phone with my colleagues without them trying to ask me to buy something and because it was just that big of a part of the culture but you know I've had this kind of loose theory that I could probably increase the sales by 20 at least 20 percent anywhere anytime if you could just get the entire sales staff to simply ask someone to buy something every time 
And it doesn't have to be over the top. Like, you know, I mean, did you want to go ahead and get this? I mean, when can we get started? Like, there's just simple things. I used to actually do a sales training session where I would really build it up. And I'd be like, who wants to know how I sold $4 million in a year and blah, 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 blah. And what's this big magic closing line? And they'd, and then I'd be like, so did you want to go ahead and get this? And you could feel like the, 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 uh, of the room because they wanted something that was like mystical and powerful, like that had a glowing orb in the middle of it or something, but it was, it didn't require that. So I'm sure you've run into the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing, here's the thing that I've run across and, and part of what I think motivated to me to do the work that I do. Right. So, and you've said it a couple of times just now is you just have to ask for the sale. Right. And I think that's, that's easy enough to state, but what I've realized over the years is that a lot of people, salespeople within organizations, business owners, running businesses, um, founders who are trying to start up a business, they don't know how, how do I ask the sale, uh, ask for the sale. And what nobody's teaching them is how to figure out how you ask for the sale. Right. So the way you just did it, like, so you want to go ahead and get this? Like that sounds so comfortable coming out of your mouth. Clearly that is in alignment with your personality. But if I tried to ask it like that, it would probably sound kind of phony, you know, unless I really practiced it. Right. And so what is being trained out there is, well, this is how you do it. Like you just ask for the sale. And well, the way that you did it just now is probably only going to work for about 0.5% of the people listening. You know, the other rest of the audience is going, well, I, I, that's not how I would say it. So what we do now is we figure out, okay, well, how would you say it? How would you be comfortable? What's a way that does sound casual and laid back and confident for you? So it's about understanding your personality and the language that suits you, that feels comfortable for you, and how you apply that methodology, right? So yes, just ask for the sale, but figure out how to ask for the sale in a way, in language, in cadence, in rhythm that is specifically in alignment with who you are and and what you're comfortable with. You know, you talked earlier about- That becomes becomes easier when it's about the steps on the way to that. I mean, someone doesn't just walk in the door and you're like, hey, do you want to go ahead and you want to buy all this stuff? Oh, no, no. I mean, that, that, that involves like, you know, just greeting them some simple qualification questions. Like for example, I, I mentioned working for Roland before prior to that, I, 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 I was a general manager of this giant piano store. So, you know, people would come in and, you know, you got 250 items in this store and it, you, you know, the very first thing we had to do was try to remove as many of those from poss- the possibility as, as needed. And, you know, like for what we do, for what I do now, you know, and it, you know, this is probably a good time to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. But I talk to software founders, and what's the biggest problem that you have in your business that you need to solve? And I hear the same answers every time. I mean, it's, uh, oh, we're having a hard time finding talent, we're having a hard time affording talent, or we need some advice about what kind of talent we really need. And, you know, that said, based on those answers or that approach, then you have a different, okay, you said you're having a hard time finding people. Have you been trying locally? Are you trying globally? You know, you say, I can't afford it. Well, tell me why, 
you know, what's the why? And you, know, you keep moving down, uh, you're going to get to a specific, you know, point in the road. And then it, honestly, one of the things that I think that that salespeople don't get when they're inexperienced is that a buyer that has objections is very interested. People without objections usually aren't. Um, so an objection is just a simple question. Like, well, I'm concerned that the people at full scale won't work the time, the same time schedule that my team's at now. Well, we've already thought that out and there's overlap in the morning or the afternoon. We even have a shift that will have full overlap with the time here because our employees are in the Philippines. So there's just 13 minute, 13 hour time difference, at least for the Midwest. So, you know, and, and all that is just now you'll, as a salesperson, you're going to hear the same objections over and over again. I'd be shocked if you don't. And just, you got to just be a prepared to handle them and answer them. And, you know, and then on some levels be able to, it, it, I could tell pretty quickly when I'm on the phone with a potential client, whether or not they're going to be a good fit for what we do. I mean, almost within a couple minutes. And I, and at some points, there are some things that I asked, like, well, at full scale, we want you to have a, a, a product owner, a product manager, or a lead developer here, here meaning North America. And that's our business model works best with that. And now that doesn't mean we're not going to do business with you if that doesn't exist. But those are things that we've identified as being remarkably helpful when it comes to the success of our clients. So, you know, I, I have some, some questions up front that if you get no, 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 I know that that we're probably are we going to do business is probably a no as well. So at that point, and one of the things is it's okay to tell people no. Um, I think as a salesperson, learning how to say no is probably the most valuable thing that I've done. I mean, there's a lot of habits that that, that bad salespeople have. Like for example, discounting. You should always ask anybody anytime you buy something, is this your best price? Like. Because there's so many salespeople out there that if you just even ask that, oh, yeah, I'd probably do a little better. You know, I mean, it's, it'll shock you. And that's a shitty habit as a salesperson. But, you know, it, but like I said, it's all about that approach pattern to asking. And if you've done a good job of qualifying what the buyer needs and handling those objections, then asking for the sale becomes very simple. It becomes very easy. You, you know, it, it shouldn't be a battle. And, and you and I are throwing some sales jargon around about qualifying questions and, you know, putting people through a process because we've both been through sales training and sales process, right? We've both done this. But I, I think if you're, if you're trying to figure out your way forward in sales, it's not a battle. It should not be a battle. You should not be aiming to win, right? Oh, I won that sale. I hate that language. It's a conversation. It's a conversation moving towards a solution. They need your help, right? That's why you get to be in the role of the salesperson is because the customer needs your help. And so your job is not to quote unquote win. Your job is to find the best solution and solve the problem for the client. And here's where brand enters the picture is if you really know your brand, then you understand before they've even asked the question why you're the best solution to their problem, why you are uniquely qualified to solve this problem for them. 
And then that's going to make whatever steps in the sales process there are, that's going to make all of it simpler because you understand your value and what that means to the overall value of what you're selling and ultimately how that benefits the client. You know, when you talked about fab before features, you know, advantages, benefits, I always thought it should be the other way around. Because quite frankly, and and I'm sorry for all the tech startups out there who are so focused on what their technology does and how it works. Guess what? Clients don't care. (laughs) I don't care about the process. I don't care about the technology. What is it going to do for me? How is it going to make my life better? Is it going to make me feel more loved? Is it going to save me time? Is it going to make me feel cooler, prettier? Whatever the case may be, right? Uh, so how, what is, start with the B and then work your way back through A and F because first you got to sell me on what's the benefit to me. And then I might give a shit about how it works. When it comes to B2B sales, it's almost all wrapped around uh, this is, you're going to sell more, or you're going to spend less. And if you have something that can help do both, then you're really onto something. And that's really easy to sell. But those are the things it's like, uh, you talk about, you know, um, Uh, you know, the old school sales approach was, you know, if I had something that did this, would you be interested? (laughs) But, you know, and that's like that old, like, you know, guy in the suit with the briefcase in his hand, just asking everyone that and hoping someone said yes. But I mean, we're not too far off from that. And I I jokingly refer to the world's most popular radio station as being WIIFM. And that stand, the call letters stand for what's in it for me. And that's, I mean, that's the frequency that everyone's dialed into folks. And, and you need to structure your brand messaging and everything about your brand into that because it's never about you. And, and, you know, we talk about one way to, to really poorly represent your, your, if you are your brand, uh, if a salesperson that makes the process about them, oh, wow, it's bad. It's really bad. It's never about you. It's always about, it's always about the client, the user. Now we talk about, you know, you are your brand, go figure out your brand message, you know, figure that out. What do you do? Like, what are the benefits of what you do? What's the problem you solve? And on top of that, you know, if you really want to be, start becoming precise, like really who are you targeting whatever it is that you do towards? And if you can do that, uh, you're going to make your your simple approach pattern to making sales and certainly to building a sales team a lot more straightforward. Everyone has an audience of one. Um, and we hear a lot about niching. You know, you need to niche your business, right? And I think a lot of people interpret that as narrowing the field of people that they can service. And I try to help people understand that you don't need to niche your audience. You need to niche your messaging because human beings and our brains, we love specificity. So when you can talk super specifically to one subsection of your audience, the rest of your audience will get it. They'll make connections. You know, Matt, when you give your pitch, I mean, even the way you make your little, this episode is brought to you by, right? It's so that messaging is so specific that that allows me to go, oh, well, if Matt can do that for them, then he might be able to do this for me, right? Like we can make our own connections. So when you think about that audience of one and you get your messaging really specifically targeted to them, 
um, every, everyone else is going to come along with it. I call it the audience paradox. The more you try to reach everybody, the less you're actually going to reach anybody. You actually need to get really super specific and talk to that audience of one. And then it's just going to open up the floodgates of who you're able to relate to. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the, it, every sales presentation or approach is customized. I mean, every, every business I've had people that, well, I, I find it interesting because, you know, there's all these like startup accelerators and different things and they have quote programming that goes with them. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, like, okay, there's some of this is going to be applicable, but every business, every product, every brand, it's got its own separate set of stuff it's got to solve. And that's, if you take that approach to, you know, like you talk about being your brand. So, so while you, now that you've figured out what your brand messaging is like, there's, I guarantee you, there are three to five questions that anybody you're trying to present your solutions to should be asked. I mean, and, and so standardize that stuff and look that, that no one's going to appreciate your, if you don't, if you aren't a quote salesperson or that's not your thing, simplify it. Trust me, you'll thank yourself. Mm-hmm. Your buyers will thank you. will thank you. Like get it down to the point and, you know, just figure that out and what that solution is. All right. So as we race through another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io, we're approaching the founders freestyle. And we've we've given so much info. And, and look, uh, there's someone that's out there listening that's stuck in for this episode. Some people that were like, I'm not into sales. They quit listening. So for one of you is out there or many of you are out there. Congratulations. You're making progress because I'm telling you, life really does get easier when it comes to the more you sell and the more you clarify this. And it, and sales can be a really painless process for all involved. Um, as we, you know, we, we end our episodes with Founders Freestyle. What's some advice that based on your workshops and everything that you do, what's, what are a couple basic tidbits of advice that you give any founder? Sure. Um, you're not the hero. Your clients, your potential clients are the hero. And if you really want to connect with them, you need to assume the role of the mentor, right? So I use Star Wars as an example all the time. Guess what? You're not Luke. (laughs) You are Yoda. You are Obi-Wan. Yeah. And your clients are Luke and you are helping them on their journey so that they can master the force and save the rebel alliance, right? That's your job. And if you can get yourself in that headspace and stay in that headspace, then your intention behind all of these conversations is going to be much more clear. I talked earlier about how sales is helping. Think of yourself as that mentor, that Obi-Wan guiding the clients towards their goal, helping them on their quest. And that'll make the structure of those conversations so much easier. Yeah, I'm going to, well, first off, that really reminded me of the story brand philosophy when it comes to marketing. And that's like using that same, that same sequencing that Hollywood uses, you know, and, and the, the character is Luke and the guide, which invariably is in almost every story, find one where they're not. Um, That person has got some, they are rife with some kind of 
adversity or problem or something that they need to overcome and they need a guide and that's what you need to do. And that person is a hero to in some regards, but they aren't the hero. And, you know, overall having that approach makes things very palatable. Now, the last thing I want to say before we, before we end yet another episode of Startup Hustle, and thanks for joining me, Robin. Um, you know, this is, this is, uh, I, I think that um, part of what we're trying to accomplish here with, you know, it's, it's easy to get 400 episodes in and you say, oh, well, we've talked about some of this before. Yeah, that's good. Listen, that's an echo. It, when multiple people are telling you the same thing, um, that's a good thing. Now, the same thing goes at your business. Um, you're, uh, as you progress down the timeline, you're going to get the same questions, the same objections, the same solutions needed. Those are the things that you become centric around. And those are the, the things that you want to get after. Now, when you define what your, your, your FAB sequence, your, your benefits are, uh, don't keep it so logical that you forget things like peace of mind. Um, like for example, you can't put a price tag on peace of mind, which, which means that it becomes priceless in many oh, yeah. ways. And I went, I went through this myself as I had founded Gigabook and I thought people would just want, Oh, you can take appointments online. You can be efficient and blah, blah, blah. And then like, really just from listening to our users, I had enough people say, well, it was really just about the peace of mind that I got, I got my, I unchained myself from my business. I wasn't answering calls at 11 at night. I wasn't providing services for other clients wondering, you know, sitting there terrified that the moment I was done, I was going to have six calls to return or stuff like that. And like, it just really became apparent to me really quickly that that was the true benefit of what we had built was creating peace of mind. So, you know, in many, in many cases, unchain yourself from your business. And that brand message sold the product right there because it made sense to so many people. They're like, shit, I do feel like I'm chained to this thing. So let me get out from underneath it. So that's all I got to say. I'm going to, I'm going to get busy and go try to sell something. So I guess I'll see you next time, Robin. Awesome. When you do sell it, make sure you sell it in a way that uniquely works for you. I always do. (laughs) Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.